welcome to another episode of God Talk. My name is Oluwato Sin Additional. So I know quite a number of you listen to this podcast and um, I really would like to hear from you. So you can send us an email, you can send us uh, messages on our social media platforms. I really look forward to, you know, hearing from you and seeing how this podcast has helped you grow, how this podcast has helped you know more about God and your relationship with him and um, situations, situations where you had to remember to put your trust in God because of, uh, probably because of something uh, we've talked about or discussed uh, on, on the podcast. I think that would be amazing. I think that's going to be amazing. So yes, like I said the last time, we are going into a different level or understanding of who God is because prior, prior to the children of Israel leaving Egypt, it was more distance the relationship was more more distant we saw god as a personal god to abraham to isaac to jacob you know how he related with joseph and you know we didn't really hear a lot after that and then the next thing we see god remembering his promise to abraham and deciding to use moses we saw the dynamics of you know the relationship with moses and how god was understanding of uh, of his frailty of his shortcomings and you know his own uh, self-awareness or his challenges even though god told him don't worry i'll be with you still you know moses wasn't up to it and god chose to be understanding and just you know relate with him on his level you know god is he's super and we are not super (laughs) we are not super so when he's relating with us he has to come down to our level and we see that um we see that god came down to moses level and you know chose to work with him at his own pace right now um the children of israel have left egypt and they've made a name for themselves god has made a name for himself through the children of israel and showing himself as the one true god to the egyptians and that news read you know around the region and all but now we're going to see god's relationship interpersonal relationship with the israelites now you know it's like seeing someone from afar knowing them liking them and then they come into your space and you're like do i really like these people you know maybe what i had imagined isn't what um isn't what i'm getting and i don't know if i like it right (laughs) so let's go on we're starting from exodus chapter 18 exodus chapter 18 moving forward it's a lot we see leadership skills moses's leadership skills we see how how difficult it is to manage people we also see how fickle you know mankind can be I don't even know if it's mankind or just the children of Israel. I think it's mankind in general because it's easy to point fingers at them, you know, when we look at their story, but then we're just the same way. We haven't changed. It's the same characteristics they exhibited that we are still exhibiting even now. Even though we have them as an example, but we're still making the same mistakes. I believe in a way 
the children of Israel never really wanted to leave Egypt. How can one be suffering, dehumanized, made a slave, tortured, and still prefer that lifestyle to being free? God had done a lot to prove himself to the children of Israel. He had shown them his very heart. He had shown them how much he loved and cared for them. He had shown them his power so they could know that someone greater is with us. But again and again, they chose to insult God. They chose the world and material things they chose egypt over god again and again and to be honest we do the same thing but let's just go ahead and bash them (laughs) let's just go ahead and bash them maybe it'll touch our hearts and we'll see in what way shape or form we also are like the children of israel and then um correct it all right so in verse 15 not too long they had just finished singing and miriam had just finished you know dancing and you know taking her tambourine and leading all the women to sing and all sing to the lord for he has triumphed gloriously the earth and his riders have been thrown into the sea i don't know if you know that song but yeah so they had just finished all of that and then the bible says in verse 22 then moses led the people of israel away from the red sea and they moved out into the desert of shur they traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water when they came to the oasis of mara the water was too bitter to drink so they called the place mara which means bitter then the people complained and turned against moses what are we going to drink they demanded so moses cried out to the lord for help and the lord showed him a piece of wood moses threw it into the water and this made the water good to drink it was there at marah that the lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him he said if you will listen carefully to the voice of the lord your god and do what is right in his sight obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees then i will not make you suffer any of the diseases i sent on the egyptians for i am the lord who heals you you know this first time it was even okay it was they had traveled three days to be honest and there was no water it may feel a little uncomfortable but i think instead of complaining you know let's table you know this matter to moses moses ah, there's no water we're all thirsty we have kids we have cattle you know please can you ask god to provide water for us you know that's different from hmm, there's no water that if you have managed people before, if you are an HR person, <laughs> person or generally you've just managed people, you know how difficult people can be to manage to work with. That those are two different approaches: one where you complain and one where you make a request. So we need to remember when we are going before God. You see, it's not that because they had God with them, everything was smooth. They didn't have any challenge. There was no water for three days. That was something. It's enough to be concerned, right? But then there's a difference when you approach God. Do you complain or do you make a request? And look at God. He wasn't even upset. He just told Moses. God showed Moses a piece of wood and then Moses threw it into the water and then, you know, the water became good to drink. That was a miracle in itself. So when we walk with God, yes, things may happen, but then our approach to him matters. Like I said the last time, we should relate with God from a place of knowledge, knowing who he is. If God is the one who parted the Red Sea, heck, if he's the one who created the waters, the seas, why do you think it will be difficult for him to give us water to drink? 
Why not just ask him? Why complain? Okay, let's forgive them and say they were just starting out their relationship with him. So they didn't know a lot. Let's forgive them. Let's forgive them. That's fine. Chapter 16 says, after they had left Egypt, they were supposed to go to the promised land, right? The place um, God had prepared for them. So they were journeying right they were journeying and then along the way one month the bible says one month after leaving the land of egypt there too the whole community of israel complained about moses and aaron if only the lord had killed us back in egypt they moaned there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted but now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death so they were suffering but they had food to eat they were used to the suffering they were so used to the suffering that even though they were suffering in a different way or were uncomfortable in a different way they preferred the other kind of suffering to the freedom they had now and you know building anew what was the reason that they were even complaining they didn't have food to eat okay to be honest if there's no food you know a hungry man is an angry man let's see what happens then the lord said to moses look i'm going to rain down food from heaven for you each day the people can go out and pick as much food as they need for that day i will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions on the sixth day they will gather food and when they prepare it there will be twice as much as usual so here's the thing there was no water God provided. That's understandable. There was no food. You know, God understood. He provided. God gave them an instruction. Gather as much as you need. Do not gather more than is necessary. You know, Moses was the link between the people and God, right? So Moses then said, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against him. And then, you know, God said, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Can you see that God was showing that he was their father? Who cared? You are hungry, I will give you food to eat. You want meat, I will give you meat. You want bread, I will give you bread. He said, in the evening, you will have meat to eat. And in the morning, you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Then you will know that I am the, your father who takes care of you. I am not blind or deaf to the fact that you will be hungry. You are hungry, I will take care of you. It's okay. It's so, I mean... Do you expect to take these people out and not feed them? So it's okay if they were hungry and it's okay for them to have spoken out that we're hungry. Like Remember I said the way, the manner in which you approach God is important. Relate with God from a place of knowledge. God is not our mate, number one. But he loves us and he cares for us and he's our provider. So we can go before him and say, God, please, I am hungry. Please provide food for me to eat. He will meet you. He will provide for you. And then you can say, God, see, hmm, this this one that you said I should come and follow you. And now I'm hungry. Before, I know what I would have done to get food. Eh, kinikon, kinikon. Hmm. To the international audience, kinikon, kinikon is your revise. It's just like, what is it? <laughs> How do I explain that? It's just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. Anyway, so they had an instruction to pick only what they needed and not take any more. Moses told them in verse 19, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. But even before that, look at verse 13. That evening, vast numbers of kale flew and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with 
dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Speak up to cards for each person in your tent. La, 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 la. Some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. It's normal. When you're dealing with a large group of people, some people will have coconut heads. Some people will listen. But it seemed like a larger number of people of the Israelites had coconut head. Either that or they were louder. <laughs> and God was very upset. He was very upset because he had given them an instruction and they flouted it. I keep saying that we do not know who God is. For God to give us an instruction and we flout it. It's like we do not fear him. <laughs> and I think it's in part because we can't see him. You know what you cannot see? You cannot visualize. So, you know, you don't know how big or how small it is. So it's like, yeah really scared of him when you think about how powerful god is it should shake us to our core and then another thing i like about god is god is big on preservation god is big on preservation he wants us to remember when he does things for us he doesn't want us to forget if you look at verse 32 then moses said this is what the lord has commanded fill a two-part container with manna to preserve it for your descendants then later generations will be able to see the food i gave you in the wilderness when i set you free from egypt moses said to aaron get a jar and fill it with two carts of manna then put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Also, if you look at chapter 17, Israelites had a battle with the army of Amalek and then, you know, God gave them victory and God instructed them. God told Moses in chapter 14, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. God is big on remembrance because he knows we are fickle. We have a very short memory. If it was so easy for the children of Israel to forget everything that had happened in Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the wood that uh, that he dropped that he dropped into the water at Mara, these people will forget. So write it down and preserve it for future generations. Let them see what I have done for you. Let them see how I preserved you. Let them see how I took care of you. So Shop LTW has this thing called Book of Remembrance. It has, uh, I think it's in two forms, our family's Book of Remembrance and my personal Book of Remembrance. So it's where you write down the things that God has done for you so that you can look back and see how far he has taken care of you as a family, individually, so that whenever you are in a trying situation, you can look back and say this same God who took care of me then, who did this for me then, he will do it for me now. So we need to remember, we need to preserve history. We need to preserve or remember the things that God has done for us. If not, we will forget. If not, it will also be difficult to give to future generations because sometimes word of mouth, you know, can be lost. It can be lost or it can be distorted or some information will be lost. But then when it is written down, it's preserved. Okay. In chapter 17, the people complained again that they didn't have water to drink. And then Moses was getting upset. <laughs> he said, quiet why are you complaining against me and why are you testing the lord 
But tormented by thirst, they continue to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on and then verse 7 says moses named the place massa which means test and meribah which means arguing because the people of israel argued with moses and tested the lord by saying is the lord here with us or not so here's what i think because i belong to this woke generation and um, we always have to ask questions i would say yes you gather that many people there has to be a plan for their feeding, their drinking. There has to be a plan. Yes, at Mara, they were thirsty. They got water. Like Joseph, who was blessed with foresight to prepare for the seven years of famine, there had to have been a way of managing resources, water resources. So we are on a journey. We do not know when we are going to reach our destination. At each point, let's remember that we are the desert, so I don't even know which points now. Wherever it is that you can get water, save enough. Save enough. That is something that the leadership should have thought about. How do we feed these people? How do we, you know, ensure that their livestock and all are well catered to? This wasn't a God problem. This was a management problem. This was a people problem, right? Because every time they called on God, God provided for them. So if they had a system in place where, you know, they asked God for water and he provided, they should have stocked up enough. Or at every interval, before even the people, you know, began to complain. Those people were just rude, to be honest, and talking anyhow. But then even before they asked, you would envisage the fact that these people will want the water we took, you know, would only last for so and so time. So if you can, you know, talk to God that we need more water so that we can keep, you know, at least it will last us for another two weeks or, you know, thereabout. So to me, this was a leadership problem. And um, in some ways, we can't blame Moses. This was the first time he had to deal with this number of people. It's not easy, to be honest. He had no help, well, except for Aaron and Miriam. And, you know, at this point, they were not even so active. It was also a leadership problem. But, like, it's only normal to learn on the job and learn you know as it goes i feel they should have learned from the first time because you know water is definitely something that we will always need then the root cause is the complaints when you are approaching god don't complain they could have even gone to moses and said ah moses please we need more water or the one we have has run out please can you ask god you know, to provide water for us not eh, eh. oh god those children oh, they were not children or because we say children of israel they were adults they were men and women who were just complaining like children but then what i want us to take from all of this is in all of this god wasn't angry with them yet because it was expected. Like I said, they'll be hungry, they'll be thirsty. He wasn't angry. When Moses went to God that, you know, this is what they're saying. God said, okay, no, wor no worries. I will give them this. Tomorrow I will do this. I will do this. Speak to the rock. I will stand in front of you. Speak. This was to show them and to build in their hearts a sense of dependency and trust that God is here for us. God is with us. 
As God was with the children of Israel then, God is with us now. I want us to ask ourselves, how do we approach God? We approach God complaining like the children of Israel, feeling so entitled, rude, disrespectful. Or do we come before him aware of the fact that he is king, he is majesty, and this supreme being has chosen to love us. And because of that love, I should approach him with all reverence. And because I know who he is, I know what he can do. I shouldn't be bothered. Yes, I don't have water to drink. Yes, I don't have food to eat. But the moment I approach my father, he will provide for me. The way and the manner we do so is important. God is patient with us, but it doesn't mean that we should be disrespectful about it. Again and again, God showed the children of Israel that he could be trusted. He could be trusted. God can still be trusted. But when you go before him, know that you are going before Yahweh. He who brings into existence all that exists. So that which you even desire, that which you even want, He's the one who created it. And if we can go by what he has done for the children of Israel, he will definitely do much more for us. Why? Because we've been restored to him through Jesus Christ. Remember, relate with God from a place of knowledge. You know who he is. So work with that.